Megan, I'm your podcast host at Doing Girly Things. Sorry about that noise. I work as a project manager on a construction site. Here at the podcast Doing Girly Things, we are changing the mindset around STEM careers and making them girly things to do. No one should ever have to feel like their career doesn't make them feminine. I have a passion for making construction seem like a girly thing that everyone should try and do, and I can't wait to show you eight other women who are a wealth of knowledge in various industries, from app design, technical marketing, to even working in a steel manufacturing plant. The first season is a series of conversations from graduates of Purdue University. This podcast aims to show you that we aren't sitting just crunching numbers and why more women should join some of the highest paying jobs that are available. All the women that I interview will be doing inspiring, fulfilling, and most of all, girly things. This podcast aims to cultivate a community of women to talk about the embarrassing stories of that one time you called your boss the wrong name in an email to where can you find cute steel toe boots. A combination of humor, gossip, and intellectual conversation with women and men advocates. Join us every other week at Doing Girly Things. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Hi, my name is Megan, and this is the podcast Doing Girly Things, a podcast where we make even steel toe boots a girly topic. Today, I have my good friend Robert Padilla. Robert is a graduate of Clemson, for better or for worse, university, and has worked for Holy Construction for five years. He's, recent, he's recently moving to D.C. to build a parking garage for a top-secret client. He, is an, he was an instant fan of the podcast and white women. So... <laughs> Without further ado, today we are going to discuss what do white women and black men have in common in the workplace and areas for progression and just ways that they have both felt discrimination. But before we jump into this, Robert does is Robert has moved around to a lot of different locations. So you've done five, six booths. How many have you done again? Clemson, Atlanta, Richmond, Vegas, Raleigh, and now going to D.C. So this will be my sixth one. Sixth move. So uh, kind of what so Robert and I work together and kind of and what we do is where the where there's a new job, that's where we end up moving. And so uh, our, it's kind of cool because our job, they'll come in, they'll help pack our stuff and we just end up in this new location and you kind of get to be a tourist. Wouldn't you agree, Robert? Like. Um, we were in Las Vegas together, so we got like this really cool perspective about um, we were locals, but at the same time, you knew that you were leaving within a year. So it kind of it has like that. You knew there was an end to the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. So like you feel permanent, but you're not, and so it, it's kind of a cool way to move around. But um, the first question I'd like to start oh. out with, yeah. So I guess I guess start out with um, a little bit about who you are, and then I'll just kind of we'll just kind of see the interview, but just kind of describe who you are. What? what who is so Robert I Padilla? Robert guess... <laughs> <laughs> well, Padilla. Well, I would say I am essentially a, a transplant, like Islander from Puerto Rico, um, into the deep south. 
of Greenville, South Carolina. Um, just kind of growing up in a little bit of a bubble, you know, trying to adjust to the American lifestyle, I guess. Um, you know, grew up, went to school at a big name school, got a good uh, degree, got a good job. I just, I think for me, the way that I would describe myself is just kind of a grinded out kind of person because every, even when it comes to college and work, it, you know, hasn't been easy, but, uh, um, when it comes to my career path, I really wanted to become more of a designer, but quickly realized that I was more of a talker and kind of a manager, so shifted to the construction side, um, which has been quite the interesting career. I wouldn't say it's exactly what I would imagine, but I think it really fits, you know, kind of um, yeah, everything you, that uh, I've been through. So, what, so say it's 9 a.m. on any given day, <laughs> what are you doing? What is what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing at nine a.m.? By that point, I probably have fielded, you know, two dozen phone calls from very lost individuals that need help, <laughs> and really just <laughs> trying to keep my sanity. And but no, I mean my my days go really fast. So by nine a.m., it feels like I've only been at work for thirty minutes. So it's you know it's a very fast paced job. And what is one skill that you see others struggling to really grasp in your field? What it, what's one thing that your field needs more of in technical and um, just anything? I mean, it, sounds, it sounds really cliche because, you know, people talk about it in you know, personal lives or in any other industry. Um, but, but I would say communication and, and, I, and I guess, you know, teamwork in a sense. Um, or how about this? I'll, I'll use the word collaboration. Yeah. Cause it's, 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 I can more, see, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's hard to, I, would you say it's better or worse during COVID? Would you say that's made it better or worse? I think it, ha- it just depends. It really depends. Cause I think it's open up different avenues of communication to like mm-hmm. make it a little bit more normal. I think it's forced people that weren't kind of technology driven to have to use technology to survive you know especially when i had to work from home 24 mm-hmm. 7 i mean you know having to to do walks virtually sometimes yeah. with you know consultants and subcontractors even i mean but it's, it's, how it's do you think game. and how do you think that we could teach collaboration how is that something that we could just like drill into people's head because i think about it in the sense of I would like to see schools grading kids less on the actual content that they turned in and how productive of an actual group member they were. So, like, if you're not willing to communicate and you're, you know, blowing your group off and, yeah, you get it done, but it's last minute, it's rushed, you're not you're not going to translate into a good employee whether, whether you know the work or not. What do you it- think? It's weird, you know, as I sat here and listened to you, I really kind of, the thing that comes to mind is understanding your employees, and I think it's the same thing with, like, students, and, and like, mm-hmm. the big, you know, kind of argument of, of, you know, the same curriculums, and the same tests, and, and just kind of, like, you know, just, you know, one step after the other, but really not considering people's 
you know, preferences and how they can learn and how they, you know, how they listen better and, you know, how they interact with people. And I think it's the same thing at work. I mean, or, or you know, in our, or in, I guess in our work life is, is really understanding your team. And even when you're doing the training, understanding how they learn. And, you know, I think that applies to even, you know, what, what you know, what you said about schools and, and, yeah. and how we teach kids. It's like not really teaching them real life things it's just you know checking a box is like well can you remember this you know this content this info and you know regurgitate it in whatever other format so so part of the reason why i wanted to bring you on to the the podcast today (laughs) wasn't for my charm (laughs) no it was not for the curls it was not (laughs) not for anything that you see i heard you cut the curls i did i did i had to you know what just, ma- I what feel made like you- so many life changes through the year. Just had to <laughs> what refresh, ma- restart. What, what what was the final straw in making you you cut the curls? I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like the frizz. The frizz is getting out of control. Yeah, you know, I I, I learned through growing the curls the first time. You know, what products to use, what products not to <laughs> use, what to do, what not to do. I mean, I you should see my bathroom. I have at least ten bottles of different stuff in there. It's it's crazy. So, uh, so I guess I'll transition us to the next topic is uh, being the the token black person. So a lot of the times with being the only woman in the room, there's a lot of times where I personally feel the pressure to be like the woman and. Um, whether that be the person that's like cleaning up in the room after everything's done or the person as soon as we walk in and you realize that there's not enough space for everybody you immediately start looking for chairs and you start trying to be like that that comfort source and so I do see that in what I do every day is just that being the token woman and taking on that role and just um, if you could elaborate on your experiences in construction and being like the token black person because a lot of people are confused about your race so for those of you that didn't catch on um robert is uh puerto rican so he does have some luscious curls that he uh (laughs) he does grow out every now and then and i'm curious if you felt any more racism or any less racism when you had the curls and just kind of your experience there I definitely have gotten more of a reaction for sure. Like, I'm definitely more noticeable. Positive or negative? Like, what Um, kind of reactions? Just reactions? Yeah, I'd say just reaction. I think people are pretty good at hiding kind of their their true judgmental thoughts in a sense. (laughs) I mean, I have, well, I take that back. I I have, I had this pretty, pretty odd kind of comment from my direct manager. Who's a white guy, you know, typical white boy, went to Southern school, you know, very clean cut. Not and, these and Clemson boys. Huh? Not these Clemson boys, was it? <laughs> no, actually not. He he fits the part though. He 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 could be there. But this is kind of a little bit terrible and a little crappy that he said, but he referred to my hair one day as the raggedy and doll. <gasps> yeah. And what? I keep it clean. I have I have a very, you know, I mean, What I'm, tone did he use while saying that? It's a very joking tone, so so it's funny, yeah. and, and I, I I've got a bunch of notes here, and and another another thought that came to mind when you're talking about token black woman. Well, I actually work with a with a woman named Tolu Walashay, 
She's actually from Africa. Oh, wow. Um, and I can't remember where, I think Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. And so it's, it's really, it's really funny because she, I, I don't remember the exact comment, but he also made a comment that was very direct in her culture, just kind of very direct of what he said about my hair, not really kind of understanding mm-hmm. <laughs> what he was saying and in what context. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's odd. So back to the first, you know, to the original question, I, I, I I've actually enjoyed having my hair grown out because of the reactions. Cause it, it gives me, and, and maybe it's, you know, a little dramatic, but it, I feel like it gives me a lot more culture in a sense. Yeah. And, yeah. I would and, say wow. it allows you, and like you're saying with getting different products. Yeah, like yep. taking care of yourself and just yeah. making it. I don't know. It just it gives you something to to kind of like about yourself, and it's something to keep you know your mind occupied sometimes. You know, when when it comes to to your aesthetics, it's been a mix. It's been a mix for sure. Would you say that? Uh, how how would you say the that people felt that were older than you? Like, because um, a lot of people that you deal with tend to be around you know the thirty ish age range. How would you say that people reacted that were later, like in the 50s, 60s age range? Oh, they definitely think it's like a childish, like, oh, yeah. you know, letting himself go. You know, but it's just, you know, they're, you know, back in the day, it's just kind of clean cut, you know, short hair, you know, nothing wild, right? Nothing different. It just mm-hmm. kind of has to, you know, kind of fit in the, the the page or the image in a sense and if it doesn't i mean i'm pretty sure holder has has relaxed you know their rules and stuff with you know appearances right so yeah and so how do you think that that uh, that affects you day to day because i know for like for example for me um with being like the token woman in the room is it really affects like what i want to wear to work So, um, whenever I actually right now don't have a full length mirror, which is crazy. It's crazy because this apartment doesn't have one and I really need to get one, but I've actually noticed some relief in it because I was so worried about what I looked like before I went to work every day because being that token woman in the room, you often feel this pressure that, um, you know, if you look slobby, that they're going to think that, um, because, like, a stereotype around, like, women in STEM is that they're ugly. And so, like, I just often just kind of feel that. Like, I don't want to look too pretty, but I don't want to look too ugly. And so, um, how did it affect you, just kind of your day-to-day and, like, what you dress like? Do you think? Definitely, I guess, you know, as happy as I am that I grew, it's definitely a chore, because to your point, I, you know, if I'm going to do something like this, I grow out my hair and, you know, kind of make a fashion statement in a sense. If you want to make sure you're keeping up with it and that looks good, because otherwise, I, it's funny. I, I, I feel like, you know, someone of color, you know, cannot afford to just kind of let themselves go very, you know, very much at all. Yeah. One, one, because I think just the stigma and image, but two, also because of the physical nature of, you know, their hair and stuff. Like, it just takes that much more, more time and effort and all that. So, it's what just something that people, show a lot of people we, don't think about. We watched, it was, um, where it was, the guy was, or I hate white people. Was that the one? Where he was, like, talking about how he had to drive this really nice car to prove that he had money, but this really rich, rich white guy got to drive the Prius. Yeah. 
What? Yeah, do you remember it's, that it's, show? What show no, was that? I don't for whatever reason. <sighs> but no, it makes sense. I mean, it really does. Yeah. I mean, one one of one of the things that I wrote on here on my notes about kind of the differences between like a token black woman and a token white woman is uh, I really feel like a white woman woman generally can kind of come through the ranks in a sense. And, and I'm not saying they, they are like uneducated, you mm-hmm. know, or not intelligent, but I, I feel like you see more circumstances or situations where you see women of, of, you know, not different colors, like get, higher position versus a black woman you know usually the ones are in the room like have had to put in the time and have quite the accolades a lot Mm -hmm. of the times and again it's not always that way but it's it it definitely i see it that way at least for me from my experience at least you know from from what i've seen what do you think is harder about being a black man than being a about a white woman in um, construction in general. What's one What's one difference that you think that um, white women could still learn from the hardships that black men go through? I think it's exactly that. Well, you know, someone, a really close friend of mine said this, and it was a really great way to kind of separate experiences, and that's like hardships versus traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I, you know, he, he really, he really brought it down to where like, of course, you know, he had been through a lot of hardships, just like many of us, almost all of us, or I'd almost consider say all of us have gone through some kind of hardship. The trauma is a little bit different, you know, there's a little bit mm-hmm. more of an impact, you know, kind of long term. And usually white women don't have that kind of trauma. So uh, yeah. although they have just as challenging, you know, kind of roles and, and ha- you know, and kind of standards to me, I would say it's probably the, you know, kind of biggest difference in a sense. It's kind of the where my judgment only stop- stops and starts whenever I'm at work. I don't have that same level of daily judgment once I go to the grocery store. Um, yeah. Where as you, you do get those, those prejudice um, opinions about you by anything that you do and so yeah. I, I i yeah i can see that i can definitely see how there's that major difference in what in white women and in black black men just like kind of that and um so i so i recently started going to a therapist and kind of one of the things that i told her that i want to work on is just you know how quick to anger i can get i feel like i i in some sense am always a little bit angry just because of like my mom passing away and like it being unfair and i sometimes wonder if that's like part of you know um, when people see black men as more aggressive, it's not that they're more aggressive, but they just, there's always this hardship. So like, they're always like slightly simmering. So like, yeah, they seem more aggressive, but it's just because like life's been a little bit harder all the time for them. And just kidding through that. And I, I feel that way at work too is because I have to fight for people's, um, their respect a little bit more, I guess is the best way to put it is I sometimes feel like I'm really quick to anger because I, I'm always like, like there's this guy at work right now and I, it's just, it's frustrating. All I have to schedule meetings with him and his team every single day. And it's like, Dude, why am I managing you so micromanaging and you you have no problem with it? And it's just that level um is uh it's hard. And so but it's why I also think that women would be way better in this career as well. Is um you I don't feel like we'd have to micromanage them as much, but 
But yeah, it, it is very similar. It's just that constant simmer of external pressures being yeah. at you. Yeah. No, so. that's a really good good point to bring up about kind of the having to carry that burden even outside of work too. And I, and I mean, I'd, I'll just go ahead and say I I've been pretty fortunate that yes, I, I have experienced you know some racist you know you know things, but I thankfully have not gone through anything you know too traumatic in that sense. Uh, going back to the topic for this podcast and you know being a, a black man a minority a woman anyone who is not a white male is just interesting and just it it's um we all have the same commonality of nobody else looks like us and you're all of a sudden this token person I would just love to just discuss with you just, um, and I, uh, just for people in the, uh, in the audience of Robert sent me his little notes and I was laughing a little bit because, uh, we, he put on there describing his token white woman and just, uh, describing what, and I don't know, do you have your notes up right now, Robert, yeah, if, you wanna, if you want to read, through, if you want to read through kind of what you wrote and, um, just, just start there. Cause I, I just thought that that was just interesting. The, the, those little tidbits. So I think for me, it, it really starts with what's the difference in perspective of, you know, what we're talking about. Like, why, why is it a big deal? You know, like what? What what is it that's so terrible about being a black person? Like we all get the same, you know, chances, right? That's what we all say, but mm-hmm. that's not true. That's not true at all. You know, me as you know a person of color, you know, Puerto Rican, you know, native born and then raised here past you know six years old. So I had both perspectives. You know, I I really took an opportunity to be a transplant and just kind of hide through the the geo like the demographic around me of where I grew up because I was you know there were not very many Hispanics there were not very many black mm-hmm. black people there so I just had to kind of adapt and was a little bit blinded in a sense and I was just very fortunate and you used that word token earlier and in a sense where I, I was you know you meet quota right you, you've got people there that you know kind of represent that group and then we're good right and yeah. we can kind of move on but back back to your question or, or your <laughs> your comment on my notes is you know there's a difference between a, a white woman that walks into uh you know construction job let's say let's be specific in in a black woman right to mm-hmm. to to me a, a black woman that is is very loud and just you know uh, um very aggressive she she really to get to get to get to that point typically they've they've had to go through a lot more right they've struggled a lot more they've had you mm-hmm. know a lot yeah. more difficulties not as many resources not as much help so you you see them as someone that like you know already in a sense like oh she i bet she's been through a lot versus you know a white woman that you see at your job typically you know you you don't you, you wouldn't associate the background you know with someone of of that color and it's just it's just interesting because you know for black women if they're loud and, and you know very voiceful and and say a lot of things they're more like advocators right pushing you know their agendas but mm-hmm. maybe if a white woman does it it's just more of like they're just being a little bitchy and it's like you know i don't really want to listen to her so you just you always see that you know 
a little bit different when 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 it comes to you know women and, and their skin tone. So, do you do you think it has just as large of an impact on women in the skin color as men in their skin color, or do you think that there's bigger diversities in um, stereotypes and just? I, I think there definitely is a huge difference. I I think for men typically they don't have so much of a challenge of like competency right as as it is for women right for women i feel like they automatically have to you know um like prove their their experience prove their knowledge prove their ability to you know do whatever it is with with a male i feel like typically they they get more of a of an opportunity to to be trusted right and say oh like he's going to be a little bit more competent especially in the construction world and that's really the perspective that i'm thinking about so i think trying to go back and read my notes threw me off <laughs> I, I, I was like, dying laughing when i saw the word trophy life in there i was like I was like, that's an interest trophy wife or a workaholic. And I thought that that was an interesting comparison that it's either one or the other. Cause like in construction, like people, like if you're a woman in construction, you're clearly making like X amount of salary. Like I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Like you're clearly making like at least 70 K, which in most places in the United States is a good salary to sustain yourself on would you agree yeah absolutely i would say everyone would be happy to make 70k so oh without that i i thought it was interesting when reading your notes and it said trophy wife or workaholic because there is kind of like this parallel of like well either you want to become a wife or you want to keep working but like you're clearly not like a slum or like a loser and I think that that's kind of this funny and this interesting thing whenever people highlight on like me being an engineer and being like a female engineer. And I don't know if you get like some of the same sort of where people are shocked about like what you do for a living. But like people are like really shocked when they find out what I do for a living. And yeah, I think. I think some of it is, it's funny because um, those are like the two parallel paths where it's like, okay, well, either you're going to become this trophy wife or you were just so independent and full of yourself that like, you're just this workaholic. So when I saw that note, uh, that's kind of where my, my mind went, which like, it doesn't matter if that's not where yours went, but, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, and I guess just even just listening to you talk, and again, the whole perspective thing, like a a white woman, you know, walking into a room doesn't have to be worried about, you know, her skin tone. So a black woman already has got, you know, so many challenges. That is such a good perspective. It's it's so wild, because it's not only is she a woman, but she's a black woman. And we all talk about that, you know, outside, and, and, and you hear it. But in construction, that's, I mean, that's a whole nother level of challenges. <laughs> uh, I, I have a question for you. Uh, just what do you think? Do you think that white women, black women, and black men can all have the same cause? Be- and I ask this because sometimes we get into this whole um, female engineering um, Black men in construction, black women in construction. And 
groups that sometimes feel like they're supposed to be inclusive become exclusive. And just do you think that there are ways that in what ways, I guess, do you think that we're all fighting for the same cause? White women, black women and black men. Or do you think that these separate groups are really what we need in order to have progress? Yes and no. And I'll be quick to the point. My two things that I think we all are trying to get to is security and growth. Right? Yeah. Safe place, be able to grow. Maslow's hierarchy. Yep. I mean that that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's all there's only two you need. Right. My curiosity is is like there's just a lot of division about black men and white oh. women not and it kind of feels like we're almost not fighting for the same cause but in my opinion you and i are fighting for the same cause but for some reason a lot of our organizations feel very separate yeah it's so like how do we bridge that gap to where it seems like white women and black men are both trying to achieve like what you were saying security and we just want growth like how do Sorry, we, how I, do, we do that i really i, I drew a blank, a blank a little bit only because like those two are so strong and i just started thinking about so many you know experiences and it's like so many things like it's no just like uh, it, it just it, it digs in but really it's like not being blind to color and that and that's kind of what happened to me in a little bit that I mentioned before of like growing up and really kind of, you know, just avoiding the fact that people are struggling, people need help, people need certain ways to learn, people, you know, need certain resources, don't have certain resources. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the whole point of like the security and growth because if you can feel like you can be yourself and open up and, and know what's wrong and know what's not, or, or, or yeah, what, what's wrong and, and what's right, you know, with yourself. And that gives you an opportunity to just be yourself. And, and, and that already creates peace, <laughs> you know, that's, and that's what we want. So I, I think it's, it's just a matter of like understanding what a black man would go through in the certain, you know, situation. It's, being, you know, communicating more and being, you know, a bit transparent with the people you work with, you know, and being open about what they're going through, whether it's a, you know, current thing, a long-term thing, you know, something with their family, you know, or with their finances, because same thing yeah. with a black woman or, or a white woman, you know, and, and, and still you'll see different you know, problems and backgrounds and experiences within just that one demographic, right? Of a, you know, one black woman, like the, the, it's, it can range. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. being able to see color. Being able to see color and recognize it and not being scared. Just be yeah. real, you know, just being be real. Yeah. I really appreciate you kind of being the pioneer and me getting this all together and just being able to, because Apple podcasts are super picky about, you know, you having podcasts out. And um, so Robert's podcast, I'm going to be using them as kind of the bonus episodes because he is the first person I've been able to interview. And I think our content's really, really awesome. And I do think that it's worth sharing, even though I know that the whole theme of the podcast is, is um, Purdue women. Robert, you do make the cut. 
<laughs> I and and I want to say I'm extremely grateful and appreciative to even be a part of the conversation because you know it's exciting to be able to speak on my part too and be an ally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and be a teammate. So, yeah. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you all for joining me and listening to the first episode of Doing Girly Things, a podcast where we are changing the mindset around STEM careers. And so glad you got to meet my friend Robert, who has been so helpful on getting this podcast started. And we will be releasing a new podcast every two weeks starting in January. So find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the website, and don't forget to rate and review. See you soon. Bye-bye.